0: This is Conor Lennon from UN News. The UN response to HIV AIDS is under threat from a host of international crises, from COVID to the war in Ukraine and the ensuing financial challenges faced by countries across the world. Mandeep Dhaliwal is the Director of HIV and Health at the UN Development Programme, or UNDP. She spoke to me ahead of the 2022 International AIDS Conference, which begins on July 29th. And she warned that the UN and other organisations are losing ground in the fight against the disease. The conference is really an opportunity, I think, to to galvanise commitment um, and support for uh, getting the AIDS response back on track. We think it's really, really a pivotal time and opportunity um, to galvanize people around um, getting the AIDS response back on track. Um, you know, we for UNDP, uh, you know, responding to HIV is all about responding to the determinants of, of HIV and health. Um, reducing inequalities, improving governance, and building resilient and sustainable systems. And this is really what we need to step up action on if we're going to regain lost ground on HIV um, and achieve the SDG target of ending AIDS uh, by 2030. Uh, Tell me a bit more about the links between HIV and how it affects development. HIV um, and other health issues are really uh, a driver, an outcome, and an indicator of human development. Um, So, you know, when, um, you know, just to give you an example, you know, um, you will have seen the latest UNDP report on on the cost of living crisis catalyzed by the war in Ukraine. Uh, 71 million people in the developing world have fallen into poverty in just three months, um, and that has consequences for HIV and health, everything from financing um, of these programs uh, to access to services, access to prevention and treatment. um and we know that in these kinds of crises, the impact disproportionately is borne by the most vulnerable and marginalized in our in our communities. Um, so we could very quickly, um, see a reversal of progress and um, and a much steeper uh, a much steeper curve to climb in terms of uh, in terms of uh, advancing progress towards the 2030 targets. So widening inequalities within and between countries we're seeing are affecting the most marginalized populations um, and uh, making the the job on you know prevention and treatment that much harder um and in the context of the kinds of you know multiple sort of colliding cascading conflicts and crises that we're seeing um that in that also um you know is really uh giving us a lot of concern about the impact of all of this on the HIV response how is that being perceived at the UNDP you're seeing this as one big multi-stranded crisis. Well, we see the cascading effects of the COVID pandemic and then the multiple overlapping crises, you know, Ukraine, uh, the financial crisis, the, you know, the food and energy crisis, that all of these are contributing to black, to backsliding on HIV and a decline in the resources available to countries for HIV. Um, so, and as a result of COVID in particular, we've seen, an, you know, an incredible strain Um, on already fragile um, and weak and often fragmented health systems. And and COVID has just deepened that. Um, So, and then you've got the climate crisis. Um, So all of this is coming together, I think, in a, a, you know, in a terrible sort of storm, as it were, uh, in terms of the impact it's having on the HIV response. Um, You know, these conflicts and crises are increasing displacement, disrupting services, um, you know, we have 100 million displaced people. It's a global record. Um, and they're at increased risk of requiring HIV. They face barriers to accessing HIV and health services and are often cut off from support networks. Um, economic growth prospects are down. The IMF just reduced the growth forecast again. It's in the newspapers today. Um, The World Bank's macroeconomic projections foresee that 52 countries will face a significant drop in their spending capacity through 2026. And in the context of HIV, um, especially in Africa, where a lot of this was domestic financing, we were making very good progress um, in domestic financing of these responses. um, You know, that's in jeopardy now. Um, You know, these 52 countries are important because they're home to 43 percent of the people living with HIV worldwide. Do you think we can eradicate AIDS? I think we can get to the end of AIDS as a public health threat. uh, But that's going to require urgent, urgent scale up of efforts that follow the science, that follow the evidence. um, And that really, really, um, you know, in the next in the next five years we are really doing something to address kind of the, some of the persistent challenges in the AIDS response, particularly uh, around young and adolescent women in, um, in sub-Saharan Africa and marginalized populations globally, men who have sex with men, sex workers, transgender people, people who use drugs, who've always, um, you know, who are more vulnerable and more at risk of, of acquiring HIV. And that requires, Uh, removing punitive and discriminatory laws, which keep these people away from services, away from accessing prevention. Um, You know, there's all kinds of data out there now, which shows that countries that have decriminalized, that have removed punitive and discriminatory laws do better uh, in terms of HIV responses. Um, but, you know, we're um, unfortunately, you know, th- that's not the norm. And, uh, you know, most countries are not on tra- on that track of reforming their, their legal and policy environments in that way. So this conference is also an opportunity uh, to bring attention to the historic 10-10-10 targets, um, which were adopted by member states in the 2021 political declaration on HIV. Um, and these 10-10-10 targets are all about removing punitive and discriminatory laws, protecting people from violence um, and reducing stigmatizing and discriminatory environments. If we can achieve that, we can get to the end of AIDS as a public health threat by 2030. When the theme for this conference was chosen, re-engage and follow the science, was that a message to those governments who put these laws in place? I think it is a message. It's a message and it's an opportunity that you know we have the science. There's a lot of science out there now which shows that decriminalization yields public health um, and HIV benefits. Prevention is more effective, particularly in marginalized populations. There's better access to services. Um, there's better access to social support. Um, so I think it is indeed a message that don't forget about HIV. There's still a job to be done. Um, and we have to regain the ground we've lost over the last couple of years, uh, uh, over COVID and and the interlinked crises and, and conflicts that we're seeing. So um, it's a strong message that um, HIV is not done. There's a job to be done, um, and it means addressing some of the most uh, challenging things that ha- that have uh, that we've encountered in the HIV response through its decade, you know, four-decade-long history. Well, against the backdrop of this very difficult international landscape that you've just described, what do you think is the best case realistic outcome of this conference? Well, there's a couple of important things at this conference. One is around, um, you know, galvanizing around I think these 10, 10, 10 targets, which are a historic opportunity that member states have signed on thought. So, a commitment that's really, really powerful that can help drive action on. Uh, removing punitive and discriminatory laws on re- on eliminating stigma and discrimination on you know protecting people from violence. So I think that's one thing that I think we can achieve at this conference is to galvanize uh, around that particular set of targets. The other is you know there's there's all kinds of scientific uh, advances. You know science is is moving at a pace that we've not seen before and uh, you know just as an example we've got a long acting antiretroviral which would be very very good for uh for prevention in in key populations in some key populations but you know will it be priced at a at a, at a point that is uh, affordable and accessible in developing countries um you know how do we make these Scientific tools available to those in need, and I think that's a big question. I'm hoping that the conference uh, addresses that question because, you know, that's a that's a theme that's run through the COVID uh, pandemic, certainly around COVID vaccination, um, and it's a theme that you know that the HIV community is familiar with, um, especially on the issue of access to treatment. So, access to the science, following the science and then dealing with some of the really profound um, challenges around legal and policy environments and inequalities. And we need to, um, I'm hoping uh, that the conference will help us to move on all three of these. We've had 40 years of of the HIV pandemic um, and we were making progress, but you can't take progress for granted as we've seen. Um, you know the impact of COVID and these, you know these, the cascading effects in terms of multiple and overlapping crises now conflict. So um, and the war in Ukraine. So we really, really have to step up our investment, our action, and our commitment to finish the job on HIV, uh, because. That's the best way to, to uh, you know, to move on, on being better prepared for future pandemics is dealing with the ones that you've got already. So I think my message is we are entirely capable of dealing with multiple pandemics at the same time. So HIV, TB, malaria, um, now COVID um, and, uh, you know, monkeypox has been declared a, a public health issue of international concern. We can do it. Um, but it requires investment action and commitment. Um, and you know, I think we we really should be all advocating for the full replenishment um, of the global fund and its next replenishment, which will take place at the end of uh, at the end of september um, in New York. Um, we should be looking at how we can um you know how we can really be better prepared for future pandemics. and one way to do that is to. Uh, you know, galvanize our commitment, investment and action on ending AIDS by 2030.